0: Hey guys, welcome into a, another special edition podcast on the Denver Sports Podcast feed. We've kind of dropped in here and and come in when there's something important to talk about, and uh, obviously there's something important to talk about with the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant uh, and his daughter and seven others, and uh, a lot of people in our company and the Slack chat had a lot of things to say, and we thought, you know, let's just get together, get on the microphone, and and let it flow. So. Uh, Joining me right now is Adam Mares, uh, Andre Simone, Ali Monroy, Drew Creaseman, and Brendan Vogt. And I think we're just going to have a free-flowing conversation kind of about what Kobe meant and just processing this entire uh, situation. So, Adam, I want to start with you. And you were in the arena yesterday when the news came down. So just take us through what it was like to learn uh, inside a basketball arena.
1: Well, I think first and foremost – a moment in a day that I'll always remember um, yeah. like without question. I think there's very few days for my memory is terrible, <laughs> there are very few days where I feel like I remember every little beat. I think that will be one of them. Um, I actually broke the news to a handful of the players that came across my phone, threw it out to guys like Brendan and Matt Moore. We were sitting around the table. It's like, guys, you see this? Like what, what's going on? Right yeah. as it's happening, got up from my seat. I thought, okay, if, if this is real, I mean, we're talking 30 seconds after it dropped. If this is real, this is a moment and I need to be out there and and catching everybody. I go down the hallway. I show it to one of the Nuggets coaches who then ropes in a couple of the players and I'm basically breaking the news to them in the hallway. And it was just like, what it it, it just changed. It's like everything changed. The moment somebody gets, got the news, everything changed. And then I go out on the arena and and you can just see Will Barton running, sprinting down the tunnel to the step on the court and tell Jamal Murray, Will Barton, a huge um, Kobe Bryant fan, Jamal Murray, Obviously. Uh, yeah. Huge huge Kobe yeah. Bryant fan. So the two of them kind of sharing that moment. And then it was just the weirdest thing. You just kind of sat there. We're sitting courtside, and you just kind of look around the arena, and you can see everybody receiving the information just spreading, literally person by person, phone by phone. And it, it was it was really eerie. And, and um, I, I ha- there was just a weight to it. I mean, immediate sort of like just weight over the entire arena that that I'll never forget yeah we
2: kind of got the news early and you're right you could sort of watch people learn this news and you could almost judge by the mood folks are in and the looks on their faces had they learned yet mm-hmm. because there was not one person in that arena that didn't have some relationship personal or vicarious to Kobe yeah if you have a hand or even just a toe in basketball you know who he is and what he means so it was it was surreal I grew up in New Jersey and I'm I remember on 9-11, I'm not comparing the the, the scale of the tragedies, but I just sure. remember the, the denial. I remember watching a community directly affected by this coming to terms with something that none of us could wrap our heads around. And in a weird way, this felt like a, within the sports world, a certain version of that. And I'll remember the two events similarly, if that makes sense. Andre,
0: how did you experience the news and and what was that like for you? Well,
2: and it was almost this weird phase of like,
3: wait, is it real? Like not
0: wanting to believe it. Um, I think everybody felt that.
3: My buddy in a group chat, um, and it's funny because now now that I think about it, it's my buddy who would bring Kobe up in conversations to kind of get me going. You know, I love to (laughs) debate. Oh, you're overrating Kobe and all this stuff. And to find it out from him. Um, my first reaction was to mess with him until I really reread it and was like, wait, sorry, what? And before I could even check with TMZ, he's sending me a screenshot of people verifying it. Our Slack starts to go off. Uh, it was surreal just being at home and consuming this information as my phone kind of started blowing up, different people I talk sports with on a regular basis starting to hit me up and be like, hey, did you hear this? Um, and it, it just felt like it took a while to for it to even really, uh, the reality to sink in. It was so surreal. I can't remember having a feeling like that um, in a really that, long That's time a great then. way to
0: put it. It was a feeling I don't think I had felt before. Yeah. No, I, I for sure hadn't either. And I think, I I used to always think whenever there was like a celebrity death, how am I going to feel when this is someone that I idolized or is part of my generation? And I think as far as I know, f- at least for me, this is the first one who I grew up with this person, you know, like I remember Michael Jackson, but that that's a previous generation. Like this is our generation. One of the greatest stars of our generation. And I did not expect the feelings I was, uh, I, I remember like waking up and thinking like, man, there is nothing going on today. Like, the Pro Bowl is a joke. Um, there's some college basketball on, but that's about it. Had a really slow morning. Figured I'd grab my guitar and just you know kind of mess around on a Sunday, and that's one of the few things I do where I'm not like connected. And so the second I set my guitar down, I opened up TweetDeck and it was this, and that was the first thing on my timeline, like the actual release of the story. And you mentioned like not believing it was real. For me, looking back, I almost feel like that's like a. A coping mechanism in terms of like slowing down your mind and slowing down the process for you it's like this can't be real and it almost gives you a chance to like process it a little more and then woge tweets and like you're like this is real but at least for a second there you're able to like start to believe like okay what if this is real how am I gonna feel about it Uh, and it was the word surreal is the one that I think just comes back as it's happening you're just like no yeah. This can't. This can't be right.
4: Yeah, I was. Um, what was interesting in my experience was the fact that I was with people who don't follow sports at all, and I heard the news, and didn't believe it. I was like, "There's no way." And w- and needed the research by myself, so I stayed quiet. And I was in Portland with friends, and we were about to go on a hike. And they're like, "What's r- Alec? Come on, let's go. Let's go." And I was just like, "Oh my god!" As soon as Woj confirmed it, that's when it was like. Oh my God, this is real, and I just said it out loud. And I was with one of my friends who her dad has idolized um, Kobe Bryant. Her entire, his entire life made her idolize him. She just broke down bawling like as if a family member had passed away and she was like why am I feeling this she was so confused she's like Mm -hmm. I feel crazy I don't know why this is affecting me so much but this can't be real and then with my friends who don't follow sports they still knew who Kobe Bryant was for everything he did after his career Philip like with the community and with his daughters and they were in tears and it was just it was such a surreal moment
5: yeah I mean it's just one of those you know I <laughs> I have a weird connection to this too because through music there's a lot of musicians I've loved over the years that have died Yeah. Uh, Chester Bennington was a really really tragic one not that long ago that really shook uh, both myself and my girlfriend I mean she bawled her eyes out when she found out about that and I think it's worth I think there are a lot of people out there probably wondering like is it okay that I feel this way about a celebrity mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. and, and, and it, it, it like absolutely is like I've I also lost my father well before I should have. I've experienced a, a strange amount of death before death should have occurred, and I. It's okay to recognize that someone's play on the field or the court, or someone's music, or someone's work as an actor or a writer, um, impacted your life, and and that their death would mean something to you. So. But this was a unique one for me as well, even as somebody who, you know, you, you guys kind of said I never felt like this before. I feel like I have a handful of times, but also that this was unique. There was something about the global of scale uh, scale of it. Yeah. I went, We all remarked on, my beard is gone today. I went to get my haircut that day. And what do you think the hairdresser, who was not a sports fan, wanted to talk about? Right. It, was the, it was the only news. He's a global icon yeah and everyone in the world knows who he is
4: i think it definitely started with that just like oh my god kobe's gone and then news came out that it was also gianna Uh, his daughter (coughs) and like i think that hit so many even more because she was his mini me and because they like you all the times that you saw gianna was like on a basketball court with her dad Courtside, watching the games, meeting the players, being at a soccer game, being at WNBA games—like you always saw them connected. And then you could watch highlights of her playing, and she was so good. And like she, and Kobe always talked about how people would come up to him and say, like, "Oh, you need a son, you need a son," and that Gianna was like, "No, like I'm gonna Mm -hmm. take care of that legacy." And so, hearing about that, I think, just made it even—it just it hurt. Even more to I'll know that a 13-year-old girl also passed the away,
1: there, and not just a girl, but the exactly. father-daughter dynamic of it all. Because I mean, you're a father. You, have, you know, myself as well. I have two daughters, and the, the immediate thought, immediate thought mm-hmm. is just like, you know, y- I think it, there's got to be it's a chemical or something. When you have a kid, you just have this intense thing of protecting your children. Just yeah. like the the last thing you ever want to happen is to to have some, you know, your your kids be in harm's way. So um <laughs> it was it, it was impossible to separate those two thoughts and right.
4: I, and just quickly and it wasn't just Kobe and his daughter there was another family on there there was mm. another 13 year old girl there was mm. there was nine victims and that it was just so terrible th-
0: that's the i mean that's a like i c- I cried a lot yesterday I'll yeah. be honest and at first it was about Kobe but most of the rest of the day just thinking about like uh, like Gianna and like how they must've been feeling in that moment. Like I'm i am sure there's a moment there where, you know, like this isn't going to end well, like thinking about how scared she must've been and those other girls. And w- what do you say? What does Kobe say? Like, what do you do? What do you, and like that, just the yeah. thought of that t- took me out quite a few times. And then you add in the fact that like, I don't know, she was destined for uh, not, maybe not the same type of greatness, but like, you know the WNBA community. There was more to her story. And that's yeah, the thing is so like so much Kobe lived, story. and yes. he, there was a lot more to his story too. And yeah. I think he was gonna do amazing things in this world. But like he lived a, um, an amazing he lived 41 a years. incredible life. Yeah. She had like so much. she had greatness ahead of her, and she I think she had the power to to connect the NBA community and the WNBA community. And she would have been the first star of that type of caliber. That's like oh, that's Kobe's daughter. You know, everyone would have known who she's, she was. People in the WA, WNBA community w- would talk about Kobe as, as being the future commissioner of the sure, WNBA. Yeah. Like, uh, that's another just, there's so many layers. To this. That's one where it's just like, man, there's such a big, that's going to be a huge hole for that community to fill.
1: I, th- We're talking about, like, the weirdness you feel when a celebrity dies and you're like, well, I didn't know this person, why do I feel sad? But I do think it's all-encompassing with all of these feelings and with Kobe in particular, I mean, you know, I was a huge Kobe fan. Obviously, I have this Kobe jersey on. I would never do a Laker jersey, so I had to do it. <laughs> oh, it was the only haft- non-Laker haft- jersey haft- I could do. Um, but, you know, obviously, I think everybody who lo- – I, I, I always talk about – I love the city of Denver, and I love basketball. So <laughs> I love the Nuggets. You know, it's almost like in that order. Um, but I love the game of basketball. I'm just so passionate about it and want to share it. And I think Kobe was a person that also – truly loved the game of basketball like even more so than mm. myself which it seems almost impossible but and and, uh, and there was that whole aspect to it but also you know his post-playing career was way more interesting than i would have guessed it was going to be um i talked about this a little bit on on the On nuggets podcast last night but you know he he was a guy that i thought retired gracefully which is rare i think for athletes of his caliber there's so much of like well protect my legacy by putting everyone else down like he i think actually got it like he actually got that okay my story's written it's done period end of sentence but now my next role is to sort of prop up the next generation and and like now i'm the parent raising the child and this next generation of players is the child and to my surprise he was doing such a phenomenal job of that that in my mind i pictured him as this ambassador to the game like a bill russell um, where he was going to be around for decades, and like we'd always get Kobe's take on it, and he's always putting elevating the game in a way that that the league needed. So for him to be gone, I felt like we lost. Weirdly enough, not just a incredibly popular player, but somebody that had accepted the role in a way that I felt those types of players need to.
2: On on both macro and micro scales, right? I mean, how many players have individual stories of Kobe? But then every we one also, of them. But we also <laughs> can sit here as fans of the game and can attest to his sort of general approach, right? And so you. It's not just like, oh, basketball players lost a fellow basketball player. I mean, the game lost an the ambassador game, yeah. and an influencer. And, like, anytime you lose a source of inspiration on that scale, um, it is more – You're not just mourning the the loss of a person. You're mourning the loss of what they represented in the world and put out into the
4: world. And again, it's really not just basketball. During the Pro Bowl, you saw so many players running to report, like trying to confirm it. He affected so many people in every sport. A bunch of hockey players came out. The women's soccer uh, came out. There's so many people, college basketball players. So many freaking people looked up to him, learned from him. And appreciated everything he was
1: i think he invented a religion a sports religion that i I know this sounds really like ridiculous but it's true mamba mentality has some warts there's some things about it that i think are actually ridiculous and maybe even (laughs) counterproductive but the one thing you have to give him and that i think he affected all sports especially basketball but all sports was this like yeah we're getting paid so much money it doesn't even matter like the numbers almost don't even matter anymore but there's a responsibility there like there's he, he was an obsessive worker. He was an mm-hmm. obsessive competitor. And I think that in the shadow of him, after he had reached the heights and won five championships, I think every superstar athlete, especially in basketball, but even across it, kind of said, like, that's actually what I want to be. I don't mm-hmm. want it. I don't care if I'm the, like f- – I think they all want to be famous and want to be rich or whatever. But it's also like, at the end of the day, that is who I want to be. The guy that is the hardest worker,
0: the biggest winner, the most competitive, hyper-competitive guy.
1: And that was infectious.
0: And that's the thing is, to me, not only does it transcend sports... It can go into everyone's everyday life and I think that's another thing is like essentially the the heart of mama mentality is getting every ounce of your potential. No no excuses. So you guys
1: remember the movie Whiplash, right? And this came out and Kobe like (laughs) loved it. (laughs) Loved it. (laughs) And, And I think why part of what makes that movie so great. I've heard people and I think Brendan's even talked about this before, like that wasn't the point of the movie. I actually think the movie didn't have a point. I think the movie had an open end interpretation and a person like Kobe might look at it and go, Yes, that's what it takes. <laughs> Complete and total sacrifice <laughs> and intensity. Yes. And another person might look at it and that's say, okay, toxic. you rob yourself of some humanity if you were trying to reach this level or whatever. But for Kobe, he accepted he knew that. He accepted it. And I think when we're fans, we like when players accept an all-encompassing thing. They go beyond what we feel we are ourselves are capable of. Yes, it inspires us to push ourselves, but we're also inspired when people do something that we think is impossible.
0: Well, and I think that's why he was so at peace with his retirement. You mentioned, like, a graceful retirement. You mentioned him um, transitioning into an ambassador role, and uh, Bill Plaschke wrote in his column that, like, he had noticed that Kobe had softened a little bit about, like, his leg,
1: 100% softened. This is what
0: I mean about the post-retirement where it was really surprising. To me... That's because he felt like he got everything yes. out of himself. Yes. He didn't feel like, man, I might have left something on the table. I might have left a few points here or there or a rebound. Like, He was at peace because he's, I, I gave the game everything I possibly could have given it, and I didn't short myself at all by having an extra night. Out in L.A. late or anything like that. Like it's There's you can be at peace when you don't have any regrets.
2: There's no alternative Kobe Bryant career. Right, we got, <laughs> we, yeah, got we got the it. best yeah. version of. Kobe.
0: And I think that's maybe even going back to the whiplash
1: sort of example is at the end you don't. You might know, not say that the best course for every person is to like sacrifice everything and push yourself beyond the limit, but when somebody does, you can appreciate it r- a, a lot. And I think with Kobe. He might have worked too hard. He might have pushed too much. He might have been too much of a jerk. But we can appreciate the fact that the sacrifice it took for him to do what he did and and the percentage of his potential he reached.
5: Oh, go
4: ahead. Um, With that mentality aspect, I think he carried it in everything. I mean, I – I find so much joy in laughing about uh, him posting about getting frustrated with uh, with six-year-olds or just right. these kids that he coached because he was like, I can't turn it off. Like <laughs> I need them to give me all they've got because they need to grow up with that mentality. And yes, it can be sometimes pushing too hard in that, but like it just made it that was just genuinely who he was at a person as a person that he couldn't even turn that off when it came to like children playing basketball
1: he couldn't they did an instagram post a year ago with his <laughs> girl bass you know his his That's nine-year-old so girl great. basketball team where they're all pissed because they took fourth and he's like we don't smile for yeah. the <laughs> it's like look it's ridiculous i wouldn't hold that to a standard yeah. i'm not going to coach my girls that way but maybe i'm soft yeah. but when a professional athlete does it you, there's something about it that you go, wow! There is a human out there that pushed themselves to that limit. But I think, I think go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part <laughs> I of the
2: heartbreaking saying. element, though, of his his post-playing career being cut short oh, because yeah. Yeah. the humanity he was stripped of through all of these stories and these reputations, it was reintroduced to Kobe. Oh, and and we right were, now. we. I mean, there's been. I think Kobe Bryant is one of the ultimate case studies in us having to reevaluate our vicarious relationships and our understandings of celebrities. We do not know these people. Um, We hear stories of people and we build narratives in our head. And an interesting part of the Kobe story is that seemingly every five years we had learned something completely new and I understood him completely differently. And that that process has been cut short now is heartbreaking. It's so true. And like, when you
0: have these athletes, you know, especially um, when they're rival teams, or they be like, you want to hate them, you know, I like know. Th- it's natural to say, I hate Tom Brady or I hate Kobe Bryant or whoever, and Kobe, in 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 that grace that you mentioned. Reached a place where, like, you would have a pretty hard time trying to hate what he was doing after basketball.
3: Well, he'd kind of become everyone's guy. He was such a global icon. He was big for pushing the game in Southeast Asia and doing stuff in China. He was huge in Europe. I mean... He's kind of an adopted son in Italy and was doing stuff for the EuroLeague, what he was doing for the women's game. You know, he's on ESPN Plus breaking down, like, WNBA tape. Who's doing that? This is Kobe Bryant that's really trying to push this. And in part, it's Gigi who unlocked that in him. Yeah, I do
4: think having daughters uh, had an extra side of it. I mean, you you both can talk about that as um, fathers to daughters. First of all, it's the best. I feel like it changes. Fathers in general to any child, it changes the way you view and things yeah
1: Uh, the other part with with kobe that i find so so fascinating he was one of one of a kind like one of one and there's a lot of athletes that i think you can be like oh he's like this guy or he's like that he's in this mold of superstar that mold kobe was weird (laughs) like he was he was such a unique Mm -hmm. person and i think a lot of that is his upbringing and being in italy and being in different places and bouncing around having a famous father whatever um, he's a weird and unique personality. He doesn't fit the mold. There's not another player of his caliber that you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a guy who doesn't really have friends. He's got a bunch of people who admire him and who he can interact with, but he doesn't. He prefers to be alone, speaks five languages. <laughs> does I mean, he's just... I mean,
3: that's really where him and M- MJ divided was sure. post-career, oh, yeah. right? MJ's gambling and smoking cigars and owning teams and ruining those teams. Kobe instead <laughs> is becoming like... An ambassador for the game and i think that's not a by the
1: way this is not a coincidence mj kobe came in the, the heels of mj mm-hmm. and there was no overlap there in terms of it, kobe really wanted mj to take him in and to be his boy And i think over time that relationship established but mj didn't have didn't feel that responsibility and i think a lot of those 90s and even early 2000 stars for whatever reason didn't feel that responsibility of oh This league that we benefited from, that we took so much from, now we owe it to sort of bolster up and make sure it's left in good hands. And I think Kobe and LeBron both have sort of learned that lesson because they both were sort of, I think,
0: hurt by that generation of stars and said, we're not going to be that way. I think one of the most interesting things about someone like Kobe Bryant is how, no matter how close or how far away it might be, everyone has a relationship with him and what you experienced with him so I just kind of wanted to go around because I think everyone sitting here probably has a different relationship with Kobe. Adam I'll start with you what was your experience like with
1: Kobe? It's, I mean, this is I'm glad you asked this one, because for me, more so than any other player, he was the guy that inspired me to become a perfect basketball player. I fell short, but he was the guy that <laughs> like just, just, uh, just a little bit. But he's the guy that, you know, when he did moves, they were technically sound. They were like, oh, he invented moves. But everything he did was just so perfect. One of my favorite videos, him working out with Akeem. You guys all remember this 15 years ago when he hired Akeem to teach him the post post moves. Mm when you watch the video, it's not like, check out this awesome move. Okay. You do it. He's, he's making little tiny micro movements and trying to like train his body. So every inch is perfect. Every angle of his foot and his shoulder and everything is so time. And it's like, when you break it down, it's a science. It's like, okay, this move that looks so smooth and fluid is actually a hundred micro movements that all require micro training. And you watch it and you just go, my God, this guy is obsessed. And me as a college basketball player, then even after that, when I just still loved the game and still wanted to get better, you watch those things and you're just so inspired to be like, man, that looks fun. He made the work part of becoming great fun and cool and cool and and, cool and, inter- and just you you were driven by his drive and that attention
3: to detail, right? Attention just to all detail. that skill. Yeah, Kobe. The more I think about it, the more he is kind of omnipresent throughout my basketball life, which was really kind of my first sporting love. I remember having some VHS recording of that 98 All-Star game with him and Jordan going head-to-head and how important that was. And a lot of the first live NBA games I could see in Italy were in the early 2000s during that uh, finals three-peat runs they had. Um, And then, you know, summer's here when the whole scandal was going on and he became a rival that I... uh, I wanted to beat so badly as a Nuggets fan, and yet he's one of those rivals that really... Almost the fact that you're able to compete on somewhat level footing almost legitimizes your fandom. Uh, That he's like... My father saw my Nuggets lose to Magic and the Showtime Lakers. Now I get to watch my Nuggets (laughs) lose to Kobe and Phil's Lakers. (laughs) You know, there's something, though, that... It legitimizes you. It, it's We were part of basketball history in some way, too, and Kobe's really that touchstone. There's a small
1: group, by the way. I think for me, and this is going to piss a lot of the listeners off, there's only two. Kobe's one where it's like, yeah, I hated the Lakers. I hated them, and like the Pepsi Center cheered him on. Not just Lakers fans, but Nuggets fans cheered him on the other night because it was like, man, we respect you. We hate that dude, but you know what? We tip our hat. I think the other one and it's going to piss a lot of people off is Tom Brady, and this totally. was very, very recently four championships in I still hated him I was like no he sucks and he's whatever mm-hmm. eventually you're just kind of like no this guy's I mean what can you say he's good and you respect him I hate I'm going to boo him I'm going to root against him Kobe was one
0: of two in that, in that way. For Except me. Brady's like way more like punchable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I do respect Brady a lot, but like Kobe is a good villain. I remember when yeah, he came out he one time, he
1: came out one time and they played the Darth Vader song when they introduced him. And it was the most cool thing ever. That I was just like, so cool. Oh yeah, he's Darth Vader. And he's like, that's right. <laughs>
2: yeah. well, Cause it was Kobe against the world. Against even everybody. even if that included his own team. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and you were going to bet on Kobe. Did. Yeah. Times did. That's true. Um, for me, I told this story on the uh, the DNVR Broncos podcast this morning, but I'll share it here. I think I was about eight years old, and my sister uh, came in, and I was watching TV, and she's like, hey, who's your favorite basketball player? And I was like, well, my favorite nugget is Nick Van Axel. My favorite non-nugget is Kobe Bryant. She's like, but who's your favorite favorite? And I was, like, sitting there, and I was like, I know what I'm, I know I'm supposed to say. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm supposed to say. I was like it's probably kobe and i didn't know why she was asking at the time a couple weeks later christmas rolls around and i unwrap you know Uh. a brand new kobe bryant jersey and like i would have thought it was cool if i got a nick van axel but like i felt like i was holding something like golden it literally is golden and i was just like man like it's kobe i put put the jersey on right away like wanted to go shoot hoops (laughs) and the other funny thing is i realized that if you cover up the b and the t and bryant it says oh. Ryan. <laughs> so when I would go play uh, hoops with my friends, I would put athletic tape over the B and the T. <laughs> oh and my and goodness, it was like my the coolest own, kid. Yeah, my, my own <laughs> personal jersey. But I mean, back then the Nuggets were so bad, and it was like, true. If you want, no, if you want to watch <laughs> meaningful basketball, yeah, you got to watch something else. And so I watched the Nuggets games, and I and I I loved the Nuggets. But when it came playoff time, I would watch the Lakers and watch Kobe and then when the nuggets got good it changed everything right cuz now you had an actual reason to, to hate kobe he's sure. beating you in in meaningful games and it was one of those things where it's like man i want to hate him so bad but when he does you know a, a, a fadeaway right in our eyes, it's just like you, you can't help but just be like wow I think that's you, art
1: well, you love to hate him yes. and then
3: he was doing that bottom jaw thing bottom jaw. he would flash the lakers <laughs> on you but you, you know I what mean, you man. only
1: do that if you if
2: people oh, can't shut killed you up me. You know what they I mean? Me.
1: Like, you, you do that stuff, you're vulnerable. He was fine with being completely vulnerable because that's how confident he was. And you
2: hated him because you didn't have anything else. You couldn't be like, well, my team's going to win. You
1: know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, you had to hate him.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can hold him to 60 sometimes.
4: <laughs> um, For me, my connection with him, he was born in Philadelphia. Um, oh, that's right. Knew <laughs> where he went to high school. Um, knew he was, a, he was a diehard Eagles fan. Um. And so, of course, I saw him as a great, great basketball player. Um, But when I was growing up, I definitely wasn't focused on basketball. But as I've grown, just seeing him post-career and just the way he's helped further, like, women's sports and and then I guess my connection with him would definitely be just, like, I loved watching him watch the Eagles. And, like, I I tweeted out, like, I'm just – as a fan, like you got to see him be a fan when the Eagles finally won their Super Bowl and like and everyone like Philadelphia was in tears from having that. Yeah. And like he had that same reaction as a fan and the fact that he was able to feel that way as a fan, it's different when you're a player of a team, but he was able to feel that and celebrate and being hold like holding his baby girl, like freaking out and like so happy.
0: The tear gas was also causing fans to cry though. Like <laughs> to <just laughs> be fair. There was a couple okay, of things. Okay. Yeah. okay. You wanna talk about um, being humanized. That video, I think that's my favorite video of Kobe that's not on the court because he's exactly like one of us when our team wins a championship. And he just keeps on saying, we effing won, we effing won, we effing
4: won the Super Bowl. And (laughs) and And his reaction (laughs) was the same as, like, everyone. It was like, oh, oh, no, oh, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? And it's just like, I don't know. I watched that video a lot yesterday, and it was just really – it just brought joy to me that he was able to experience that – and just I mean everything he's done for women, uh, like he's just brought more attention to women's basketball, which I think is so huge. And his love for his daughter, and just like that father-daughter relationship, and and all of that. I just that was more of where I learned my connection. He was an amazing basketball player, and I mm. realized that as a kid. But it wasn't all basketball for me.
2: I just was going to say what's crazy is that in that moment, it seems like his reaction is like ours. But what makes him this incredible superhuman person is that it wasn't his reaction was to get back in the lab and run it all back.
5: You
1: mm-hmm. know, and
2: that's what I just like the Brady's the, the LeBron's who is very much inspired by this from Kobe. They possess this commitment to they achieve their dreams and get back in the lab. I mean, I think we all yeah. kind of understand the complacency that comes uh, with getting where you want to be. I
1: think Kobe is somewhere between a Brady and a uh, uh, what's Sabin. Like, Sabin, mm-hmm. I don't think, enjoys anything. <laughs> I think when they win the title, he, like, maybe has, like, a ice cream. <laughs> it's like
3: a relief, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's just oh. like, all right, like, we're back to job? work. He's all like, right. I'm going to have a regular Coke instead of a yeah, Diet
1: Coke. Exactly. <laughs> <a> regular Coke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Regular <laughs> I, think, I think Tom Brady probably seems like he enjoys himself a little bit. Kobe, I don't know, maybe he has, like, an hour of fun before he gets back in the lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Drew. Did you have
5: anything, Drew? Or? I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I sure. rooted for him to lose every single basketball game he ever played in. If somebody would have bought me a Kobe Bryant jersey when I was thirteen, I'd have thrown it in the garbage can. <laughs> I was eight. <laughs> I at <laughs> eight, I'd have thrown it in the trash. <laughs> I um before you, it's our okay. It's funny you mentioned how bad the Nuggets were back then. So before that. I was a fan of a, a team called the Sacramento Kings. I don't know if you've heard of these.
3: <laughs> They're oh, not they around <laughs> anymore, right? Do they still exist? I, <laughs> I, haven watched I haven't watched them. A while. I haven't heard about
5: them. Um, the, Chris Vladi, Weber. the Vladi, the Vladi Divots, Chris Weber, Peja Stojakovic, Bobby Jackson, Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby. To be fair, that's like one of the all-time most likable teams. Like that was <laughs> that was my adopted team. I loved them so no. I have been tormented by Kobe Bryant my entire basketball watching life. Yeah. Here, here. I wanted him to lose every game, every time there was an argument. The smallest possible sliver of a statistic I could find to say that LeBron or Carmelo or Dwayne Wade was having a better season. I found it. I pointed it out. Kobe's overrated. That one year Melo was better in the clutch. You better believe my whole thing. But he was the measuring stick. Every single one of those years, it was always... Know this other guy that I've decided I like better this year, now he can take on,
1: right? Yeah,
5: and it was just like, like you said, you did love it, he was the greatest villain of all time. I, I never liked that guy, I didn't want him to win. I'm and 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 I think again, like I was talking about earlier, it's okay for people to and people in Denver, Colorado to feel this way. Did
1: you love to hate him?
5: Was he a, good, Honestly, a worthy villain? It, it, it wasn't until the end of his career. It's kind of like you were saying about with Tom Brady. The first several championships, oh, yeah. I gave all the credit to Shaq. Because yeah, then he goes yeah, and wins in, in Miami with Dwayne yeah, Wade. Yeah, I yeah. was that guy. Yeah, yeah. Every possible thing you could think of to detract from Kobe. All the newspaper articles about... It was Shaq, and then he couldn't be a leader with Pau Gasol, and he's calling out his teammates, and he can't win. That one year they missed the playoffs was one of the greatest years of my life. (laughs) I'm telling you. But he was the best. He was the boss at the end of the video game. He was the guy that if you ever felt like uh, some of my favorite memories as a sports fan of the 2009 Western Conference Finals of the time the Nuggets hung with him. My dude hung with that right, dude. Right, right, you know? yeah. Like that's, that's how big it is. And so it wasn't really until later in his career I, I learned to kind of just respect and appreciate it. And and I'll be honest, and and you know we've touched on it a couple of times and mentioned the words. There were times I really didn't like his personality. I did think he was too arrogant. I didn't like the stick in the jaw. I did take the scandal stuff and the fact that it happened in Colorado very personally and use all of that as more fuel to not like this person I was already predisposed uh, to not like and have all the justification in the world to not give him credit for things. But even as someone who felt that way and about very serious real world imperfections, I did stand at the end of the day and, and it goes back to how you guys began it with the way all these young basketball players are, are Ali's friend or or the WNBA and it's just so much more complicated than ever boiling down a person to one thing they've done in their life or to five things they've done in their life to even boil him down to being an NBA champion and an MVP is to undercut what he's achieved no
1: doubt about it as
5: a basketball player and and to you know get too much into his personal life one way or another is to miss a lot it was Brendan said we don't know the people are very complicated human beings are very very and complicated and him
1: I think even more so than most and it's funny because right. we're you know the, the ultimate one of these was when George Steinbrenner died and everybody did their tributes and it was kind of like man you're really digging for like a positive <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know he did things his way and it's like okay that's the best you could say about a guy and I think with Kobe there's a little bit of this like we're all talking about the because the things about him that were so unique and are so memorable leave a lasting repression but to your point he was a extremely flawed person both as a basketball player and as a person and i think certainly i i believe he evolved over time in some ways that i think were very positive but even as a basketball player there we talk about this mamba mentality well there was a flip side to that he was a bit obsessive and kind of a bad teammate for a lot of years he he actually probably should have won more championships given his talent and maybe you can ask he could have never had that talent unless he was a crazy person that limited him. So it was, it, it's a it's an interesting philosophical discussion, but you know there is other sides to this, of course, uh, with him and, and, and his his history.
0: Yeah, Drew, you you mentioned the sexual assault case, and I think we have a very um, unique perspective on that, having lived in Colorado during that time, where all of a sudden you know Eagle, Colorado, was in an international spotlight, and I don't think we need to get into relitigating this case, but f- for me. I like to look on uh, – uh, see, th- see the light side of things. And you talk about people being complicated and he was flawed. And I don't know what happened that night and I, I don't know anything about that. But when I look at the fact that the way he was when, when he left this world gives me th- the feeling that people can change for the better. And he once called a ref uh, – a Uh, Mm -hmm. an extremely derogatory term towards gay people. That's not okay. Um, But he was working with gay organizations and And, LGBTQ. And earnestly,
1: again, there's a lot of people that, oh, I got caught with this, donate 50 grand, move on. But with Kobe, he actually really made an effort to become sort of an ambassador to the league. Pro athletes can be very homophobic, even in 2020. And, And I think for him, it would have been very easy to do something that we've seen even local athletes do, which is just kind of, oh, my bad, sorry,
0: here's a donation. He actually took strides to Right. I felt that way, yeah, it completely. And so I'm not in any way trying to glorify this as like a redemption story or anything like that. Or to undermine how important the Eagle Colorado situation was. I mean, there was. Yeah. it was a thing that is
1: unfortunate for him, a part of his legacy and a part of his story that he'll never erase and he
0: should never be erased. Absolutely. And so for me... That was what I thought about yesterday is just like I think uh, uh, it's very important as humans to have hope that people can change for the better. And for me, that was something that I thought of yesterday is like, man, that's a that was a really bad thing that happened regardless. Um, But it does seem like maybe he's an example of a person who could have gotten better over time.
3: Well, I'm not sure any other superstar, especially from that era, comes out of that the way he did. I mean, with the kind of scrutiny he had, mm. that it's all going on in that season where they didn't win the title the year before. They've got Peyton and Karl Malone they just added. They lose to the no-name, like, Bad Boys Pistons Turn- Turns 2. out they 0. were good, but yeah. <laughs> right. And then still is able to transition into becoming the Black Mamba. He changes his number. He goes on on this tear in 2006, which is really when I gained a ton of respect for him that as a player, that 2006 season is, is it's unbelievable. It's just
1: such. It, but uh, even like like James Harden is scoring a bunch of points. Sure, sure. That that season is iconic. Oh the yeah. The way it happened. The the, the methodology. The like right. intent. He didn't. I don't think Kobe enjoyed 2006. <laughs> he almost approached that game like a maniac or that that season.
3: Well, and yet it's it was like a joy to go to the box score every day and be like, oh, how many did he put up today? Is he going to outscore the Mavs on his own again in three quarters? Is he going to go off for 81? Is he going to average 45 in an entire week? I mean, the things he was doing were just insane. Yeah. And this transition from basically being Shaq's like Scotty to, no, I'm, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be the most lethal perimeter score you've ever seen since MJ. And to really do that, oof. That that was a joy to watch. I
2: think of him as one of the like now textbook cases or examples of no one is any one thing. We are different things to different people. We are defined differently by different actions, right? I mean, you look at the myriad reactions to his passing yesterday from people speaking up about this this alleged assault, which is reasonable, which as they should, I think, to people mourning someone who had a real positive impact in their life. My point being like, it's a good reminder that um, that one that like no one thing defines a person entirely, and and that Kobe Bryant will always be involved in that case. But I don't, and re- it's part of his eulogy and on, uh, b- sure, because of it. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Kobe Bryant always has to be remembered that way, or that he wasn't capable of more, or didn't at times give this world more, or didn't try to grow. And I do think those notions in general are, are kind of lost in this day and age sometimes. And so I I almost look at this as kind of like an important example.
4: And I, th- I think it, it again goes to showing of everyone can mourn in different ways. You can mourn and, and believe that something else happened that night, but still see the changes and growth that happened. You can feel uh, sad for this victim that had to deal uh, all, with all of that type of stuff. and. And you can still feel that way, and you can be angry. Everyone mourns in different ways, but at the end of the day, this person left a lasting impression on hundreds of thousands of people. Or We
2: don't define icons by morality, right? Exactly. He was iconic, and that includes the good and the bad.
5: There's one thing I want to say. Well, there's a couple quick things I want to say on this. One is uh, I just want to make it very obvious and clear, and maybe it goes without saying, but that – it is important to acknowledge that there are people who are very conflicted about this, and particularly the type of glorification that, quite honestly, we're we're doing here today. And I I think that that's totally fair, right? When 90% of the world wants to come out and talk about how great a person is and survivors of sexual assault might not appreciate that kind of glorification. And and I I don't think there's anything that any of us are going to be able to— say that's going to make that dynamic any better as sports people essentially here but it at least has to be acknowledged that this conversation is really really hard for some people and that's fair and those people need to be respected i think but you know to brendan's point it, it kind of reminds me of another example i'm you know the disney plus thing just launched i'm a big disney guy and there's an interesting example of a person we know quite frankly was had racist tendencies but that doesn't mean that he hasn't also brought joy and love into the hearts of millions and while there's no di- there's never a direct comparison here, I-, I think it's always important to remember you know things are very complicated. I think Kobe Bryant was also in many ways a a symbol of sometimes the way our society just treats rich and powerful men and oh, that's a, sure. and no, something no. we yeah. need to think about. Yes. Uh, All of us uh, together that this wasn't that even the incident in in Eagle, Colorado is not just a Kobe Bryant thing, that it's something that happens in a lot of places still to this day. It's a societal thing and it's something we need to have better conversations about, I think. And there's only so much we can do as as sports people to enter those conversations. But I, I think it's just important to, you know, to get back to how you guys were talking about. The way he responded to it was he shined light on that. He started talking about it can be very easy when you're making a whole lot of money and everybody loves you to suddenly not hear the word no for seven years in your life. And we all as a society have to dig in and make sure that that thing is understood, not just for one person, one bad thing that happened, one confusing, terrible thing that happened. It's a it's a very complicated I think community-wide thing, and, and and it does happen in sports. We all know, you know, that it happens in sports out there a lot. These very confusing, very weird power dynamic relationships, mm-hmm. uh, and I think we can all learn from the Kobe Bryant situation, and we we should try to, we should try to learn a lesson from it, and 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 try to make. It sounds horrible to say make a positive of it, but I think you understand
2: what I mean. A lot of people are entitled to a wide range of emotions.
4: Definitely. A lot of people. And I think when you look at it in today's day and age, like, who knows how that that trial would have been if it happened in in now. Because of the amount of, it's not enough, but it's still so much better than it was. The amount of power that females are starting to feel to talk about it. And that there will be a change. And... We've still got a lot of work to do in our society but it it's getting there and it's improving and it's what f- finally feels like it's moving
0: it's a super difficult conversation and I appreciate you guys for speaking openly and honestly about it because I think it's really hard to be right in these yeah. types oh of conversations no doubt about it, yeah. um, Probably and impossible and, right. and yeah. Yeah, I think you're right it's impossible so thank you guys for being honest there um, anything else that I th- w- we think we need to uh, discuss here as it relates to Kobe
1: I, I mean, I think we just touched on the gravity of it. I mean, we it, it's funny. Be, we talked about this for an hour now, but it, it just is one of those things where he was just so influential and so iconic that him being gone, it really, it's not an understatement to say the sport of basketball will be different than what it would have been had he
2: had he not passed away in that, that crash. It's been an percent.
4: hour already. I feel like it's been like 10 minutes. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. crazy. I,
2: the only crazy. <clears throat> one point I just wanted to get in here, and I'm sorry if I'm shoehorning this, but I found it particularly surreal yesterday because – it was maybe our first um, great global example, or at least even just domestic in this country, grand example of, like, the concept of truth and, and the ideas of reporting are in mm. a precarious mm. and interesting mm. place. We're at a time where, where things that don't happen get confirmed, where we wait for confirmations of confirmations. Literally, and celebrities have... Tweeted out many times before, I'm not dead. dead. And so it was just, I don't know, it was a rough day for journalism. A lot of people were rushing to be wrong. And as a result, I just think a lot of people's emotional confusion was exacerbated by this dynamic of, like, we're trying to come to terms with what's likely, but we're holding out hope that everyone's wrong. And I I don't know, I just found that to be just kind of an interesting place, doing it in real time on Twitter in this day and age. It's a weird
0: um, place we are in journalism where... You know, I saw people say like, "Oh, well TMZ rushed to be right for a couple of clicks." And now I'm like, "Well, you're downplaying that. I mean, this is probably maybe the biggest story in a really long time." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like there's a huge ethical question there of do you need to be first or does his family need to be first to find out about mm. this? And I think the answer to that question is very, very obvious. His family needed to know before any of us did, before any of the world did. And it's so um it's hard to reckon with until you're in the situation and you have to make that decision and I think a lot of decisions are made based on business and money and I think that was really lost yesterday but as journalists all sitting here I think you know we don't cover stuff with quite as much gravity as some other people but I think it it was an important reminder of being being first uh is not worth the reward of the penalty is of being wrong Yeah, Mm. Yeah. and it's just if you have a lead and someone else beats you to it and you didn't get it because you were making sure you were right that hurts for a second but what you can't come back from is just being flat out wrong and Scaring people and and you know really um, messing with the emotions of uh, of a really sensitive situation like this.
2: If you're first, no one will remember. If you're wrong, no one will forget.
1: Yeah. Can I have one last question? And maybe this could be the way to get out. Do, do you think the sports world, maybe sports media, the way fans engage with athletes, will change at all because of this? Because I think he's the most high-profile athlete to pass away in this in this fashion. Do you think maybe it? makes people a little softer? Or do you think this is a thing we all grieve for a week and then next week we're like, oh, I hope so-and-so freaking dies? Not us. I'm just saying the fans. Sure, sure. Yeah.
5: I hope it changes things. I I, I can't predict whatsoever. But I I do think that this was so much in the zeitgeist and the mess-up in particular was so much. No one missed it. ABC messed up.
1: I don't even mean that. Like, I, w-
5: w- but all I mean, I mean, literally, the way we as human beings I, I, on social media—they—they they were just a news organization that did it. Plenty of individuals rushed to all kinds of,
1: but I'm just not, way
5: a- ahead of time conclusions. You know what I mean? I, I think this is going to be a turning point for. I hope it's going to be a turning point for discussing all kinds of things, whether it be sports or, or, or politics and social media of pumping the brakes just a tiny bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like really not whether it, whether it's jumping to conclusions or being the first person to have the take like there are people telling jokes, you know, oh, and yeah, it, and us. it's just like um It's not all going to go away, but I do think that it's going to become much more a part of of at least the national consciousness that there's a responsibility to speaking in a public platform.
1: But I even mean, you know, LeBron's another one of my all-time favorite athletes. And I remember back in 2010 how many people had written the story of his legacy. And it was like, okay, that's who he is, you know, whatever. It's like ridiculous. We're 10 years later. He's still at the top of his game, and there's more more to be appreciated. And I think with Kobe, you know, statistically – He's not as great as Michael Jordan. I believe he's not as great anyway as LeBron or whatever. And I think there's a lot of people that sort of like failed to enjoy him. And it's just this rush to be like, look, we all have our favorites, and our least favorites. But I wonder if this is one of those ones where like he's gone now. And I wonder if there's this little bit of like, man, did I not appreciate this really fun athlete? Like, what am I doing talking about how his effective field goal percentage isn't as high as <laughs> management? Like, what
2: am I yeah. It feels about? optimistic, though, Adam, to I, be honest. I, I you agree. know, Because <laughs> what took us to get us to this point was actual tragedy, and I just think that that'll probably stay the case, you know? I think yeah.
1: it'll have a marginal impact. I'm gonna just go ahead and say this. I think the internet was a, such a new thing, and social media was such a new thing that we're only a decade into it, a decade and a half if you want to get real crazy, and I think we've all sort of, like, learned – as a society, we've collectively learned, like, oh, there's some, like, real dangerous tendencies that it sucks us into. And I'm not saying this death will be the thing that that changes it, but I do wonder if there'll be a little bit of perspective going forward of, you know what, maybe I dislike this guy, he's my enemy, but I appreciate more athletes, I guess.
0: I think there's a chance that some people will have that perspective. Um I'd love to believe that as a society, we'll start saying, hey, let's, you know, see the full story here or look at the nuances that exist. Like nuance is so gone in 2020. A person can't be one thing and another thing. And but more about appreciation is really what
1: I'm getting at. Do you enjoy sports? I think like, a lot of people are passionate about show up sports, but 90% of the
0: passion is hatred So and disdain. Uh, but what I think here is that <laughs> the people who loved Kobe, the people who were fighting for his honor before this happened, are going to dig dig their heels in even further. Mm. And but I do think there's some people who aren't there who are going to willing to who are going to look and say, "Man, I just got to stop and smell the roses for a second and appreciate it. like I'm watching LeBron James and 50 years from now, hopefully we're talking about, you know, LeBron and how he re- ranks against some other guy, but like I say this a lot, I try to not hate athletes because one day I hope that my grandchild says oh man what was it like watching Uh, lebron james and i don't want to have to be like well i was kind of bitter about it the whole time (laughs) because i was trying to say kobe was better than him and so i kind of just tried to put down all of his (laughs) accomplishments all the time like Like, i wanted to be able to say man it was incredible you've never seen a human specimen like this and then you add the work into his craft and then you know like like I Russell
2: Westbrook? Wanna... Like, yeah, triple doubles are overrated,
0: kid. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's <laughs> like,
2: no, I got to watch this dude do it. That's well, incredible. Hey, about two yeah. of those rebounds
1: per game weren't that legit. as Steven Adams about He
0: was assist hunting uh, yeah. towards uh, the end well, of the game.
3: That's almost a weird thing with these guys as they're able to prolong their careers, and Kobe's really at the forefront of that, and be part of our lives for 20 years. You can't write the narrative on a guy like that over a 20-year career and try to pigeonhole it into one thing. Can I tell you something? The career I arc's going to be varied.
1: I think about this a lot. Yeah, athletes have 20 years. That means I have two more cycles than me. I'm 36. I've got 40 years here, like, you know, like, before. So I, I think about this sometimes. It's a little ominous where I'm like, I got two, I got, okay, Zion, and then whoever comes after him, That and then I'm
2: done. <laughs> and, and, and the pot on some existential dread. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it right. definitely Good. does. Yeah.
4: Um, I, with that, I want to also just talk about how – how social media has affected the way that the world can mourn all altogether about certain things. You're right. yeah. And I mean, w- humans crave being connected to other humans. And in today's day and age, we all look back on Kobe's posts and feel like we knew him because we saw his everyday life through Instagram, through Twitter. We yeah. heard his thoughts. It wasn't like a few years ago or years ago where you only saw them when they were talking in interviews on TV. Like you only felt this closeness or this interaction in other ways. Social media has a lot of faults in it, but it also has a lot of positives and the fact that we can connect to so many people uh, in so many different ways and then when something like this happens I think this is one of the biggest things that collectively the world on social media has been able to mourn together there's so many pictures there's so much art so many people Mm -hmm. have used this to express themselves creatively and created beautiful videos graphics art and just and we all get to experience that and watch that together we all get to share it yeah we all get to share it and I think that's it's a really great thing that social media brings now
0: almost every day we're experiencing the negative sides of social media yeah and it's such a big part of our lives now and we talk about it a lot how negative it can be yesterday was an incredible example of what we can do when we're when we're just trying to bring to light good things Mm. and you know uh graphic designers were designing incredible graphics artists were drawing beautiful pictures writers were putting together amazing stories um you know numbers people were putting together incredible perspectives. but everyone was coming together and i thought i I said this earlier it was like a worldwide funeral we were all there together sharing memories experiencing it in. I just it was pretty it was cool I, I and I don't think I, I think I'm naive to say we got away from the negativity because I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of negativity but from my b- perspective it was like wow I just went a whole day without seeing something just negative mm. on the timeline and I thought that was pretty special
4: yeah.
0: and with that I think we're gonna wrap things up again uh, thanks for sharing your guys's emotions with, with me and, and everyone here. I think, uh, it's been an emotional couple of days and, uh, you know, for discussing some difficult topics. So appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon.